Welcome to leadership is a personal choice. We named it that way because it is. Leadership is about taking ownership, about being responsible for yourself to ensure that whatever happens to you or whatever happens around you is positive and good for everybody. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and do let us know, rate them, send us your suggestions and send us your comments. Happy listening. God gives opportunities. And he gave me one just now. I was I was about to sit down to record this episode of leadership is a personal choice. And the title of this episode is seeing with others eyes with an apostrophe meaning seeing with the eyes of others. And I decided that since I acquired a new phone yesterday which is a uh OnePlus 7 I thought let me inaugurate the phone by recording this episode on that phone. So I take the phone, I take my recording mic and I am now looking for the headphone jack to plug in the mic. I couldn't find it. I searched high and low. I changed my glasses. I even brought a magnifying glass to check where the jack for the headphones was. It wasn't there. So I searched on Google because Google knows everything. And there it was. The phone has no headphone jack. Well, so I said, well, let me go back to my old phone which is a Samsung S7 which has a headphone jack which has one of the nicest cameras in the business uh, all the videos that you see on this channel were recorded by uh, recorded with this with this phone the Samsung Samsung S7 Edge which is what i have an absolutely wonderful phone uh, and a wonderful camera i must congratulate samsung on creating a really nice phone and um, the videos are 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 an example of that um much more than my video taking ability which is not particularly great but i think what helps is the samsung s7 camera which is a very versatile camera works wonderfully in all sorts of light uh, very stable image stability is fantastic and of course i hope you like the uh, the content of the videos now the reason i mentioned the uh, 1+7 Uh, is because I think it illustrates very nicely for me, and I hope for you, what happens when you don't see through the eyes of others. When you are a millennial geek sitting in an office somewhere designing a phone, it doesn't occur to you that you must put a jack in the phone for headphones. And if you are not going to put the jack in the phone, then the minimum, absolutely, the minimum that you can do is include the adapter in the box of the phone. Believe it or not, OnePlus Seven does neither. There is no jack in the phone, and there is no adapter to plug in a jack. So I now have to go and buy a jack from a third party, an adapter. for the jack from a third party for which i have to pay additional money now how insane is that 
How completely insane is that? Why would you design a phone and design it with an impediment, design it with a problem, which is that you don't have a headphone jack in the phone, and then you don't even provide an adapter in the box. Now talk about seeing the world through your eyes, and I don't want to describe where I think those eyes are. Let me give you some more examples of this. Have you ever been in the shower in a five-star hotel, nice and wet all over, and you reach for the shampoo bottle, only to find that there are three? And that's not because you are drunk and you are seeing triple, but you are faced with three identical bottles, but with totally different contents. What is in the bottles is not a mystery, of course. It has been helpfully printed on the label. However, the label was designed by somebody like the one who probably designed the uh, OnePlus 7 phone by a 20-something design engineer sitting in a sweatshop in India or Bangladesh who has never seen the inside of a five-star hotel shower and won't do that until he gets old enough to need glasses to read and the money to pay for the hotel. Then he will realize what he did all his life when he, was, when he is forced to play Russian roulette with the shampoo, the body lotion, which is a complicated way to say soap, and the conditioner. If you think this is funny, put conditioner on your head instead of shampoo and you will think that is even funnier. That's perhaps the reason I had to decline a haircut recently, which was for 350 rupees on the plea that I refused to pay more than one rupee per hair, aforementioned number being an optimistic hair count of my head. The refusal of hair to adhere to my scalp may be ascribed to the times that I used conditioner instead of shampoo. No self-respecting hair can stand such treatment and so they decide to part company with me forever. What's the big deal, you ask me? Why can't you read the label? I need glasses to read, but I don't need glasses to shower. So I don't wear glasses in the shower, which is where I need glasses to read the labels on the bottles. Savvy? So what's the solution? I'll tell you what the solution is. Take all shower bottle designers to a five-star hotel, blindfold them, strip them naked and shove them into the shower. Why blindfold them? How else will they understand how it feels to hold the bottle in your hand and not know what is in it? Customer satisfaction, customer delight can be condensed into one phrase and that is see with their eyes. The key word being there. Let me give you another example. A good friend of mine sent me this video and you're going to get that video with this uh, podcast. And that video is titled Mumbai Motorman and that's the, that's the name for the, um, the Mumbai uh, train driver. It says, the title is Mumbai Motorman peeing in front of local train. Now, that may look funny and you might say, well, why is this train, ma train driver peeing on the track in front of the train? He stopped the train for that and he's doing this. As they say, when you got to go, you got to go. But then the question arises, where does he go? And what's more, what if he had to do more than just irrigate the tracks? And even more critical, what if the motorman was a motor woman? Incidentally, for those of you who may think that I am being facetious, 
let me assure you that I have been seldom more serious in my life. This lack of facilities to do it decently and in private is a major problem also with traffic police constables who, especially women constables. Maybe the fact that we don't have a distinct word for a woman police constable is an indicator of our blindness to their needs. To return to our motorman video and the lessons from it, the reason the man has to do what he did is because the designer of the engine driver's cab never drove an engine in his life. If you think I'm exaggerating, let me tell you another story. In the year 2000, I was invited to teach a series of leadership courses which we called From Managing to Leading for the design team of one of the two major truck manufacturers in India at that time. There were totally 200 engineers who would take this three-day residential course at their training facility. They were all graduates from the IITs, the Indian Institutes of Technology, with a sprinkling from REC's, the Regional Engineering Colleges. Some of the most highly qualified engineers in the country. The IITs have an entrance test about which someone asked one of the professors of, I of MIT what he would do if he had to write that test. He said, I would leave in tears. In short, these were very smart people with arrogance to match. I asked for a meeting with the head of the division, the head of human resources, and a cross-section of the design engineers to understand their issues so that I could design a program that suited their special needs. This is how that went. Me. Many thanks for agreeing to meet me. I'm hoping to understand from you what you see as the special leadership challenges that you face and what you see as being the key deliverables for this course. So let me begin with a question to all and each of you. Do you have a heavy license, a license to drive a truck? Are they? Their thinking, there's total silence, the odd looks. And it's looked like they are telling themselves, I think we made a mistake by calling this guy. I think he's flipped it. Heavy license. Why on earth would we, IIT grads, have a truck license? Do we look like truck drivers to him? But then this is India and I'm older than them, so they can't just tell me that I'm crazy, so they remain silent. So I, 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 I don't let go that easily. So I said, uh, does this mean you don't have a truck driving license? Nobody has one? They say yes. So I said to them, you mean that you designed these trucks, but none of you has ever driven what you designed? Now, they get very uncomfortable. How do we answer this? So they say no. So I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, this is an expressive lot. So I tell them, okay, let me ask you another question. How many of you sat with the driver in one of your trucks as he drove from Chandigarh to Chennai? Now, those of you who are not from India, Chandigarh is in the north in Punjab and Chennai is in the south. So I'm talking about driving a truck from north to south. And believe me, there are truck drivers doing that every single day. So I said, you don't have a truck license, but how many of you just sat with a driver in the cab in one of your trucks, a truck that you designed, as he drove from Chandigarh to Chennai. Once again, eyes rolling, no silence, and no sound, silence, very heavy, oppressive silence. So I say, okay, uh, Chandigarh to Chennai is long, 
So your trucks are being driven on that route. But let me make it simpler. Has anyone ever sat with a driver in the cabin of the truck as he drove from Chennai to Bangalore? Now that's short. Again, dead silence. No. So I'm, got, I'm not going to let go that easily. So I now twist the knife. So I tell them, so you are you telling me that you design trucks that you have never driven or ridden in? And they say sheepishly, yes. So I tell them, I say, let me ask you another question. In your opinion, who do you think makes the buying decision in the case of a truck? So immediately I get the answer, the owner of the trucking company. I said, well, right and wrong. The owner decides, meaning he signs the check, but he is totally influenced by his drivers. If the drivers like a certain brand of truck, the owner will always buy that brand unless there is a huge price difference between that brand and its competitor. No owner wants unhappy drivers who are constantly complaining about the truck which results in slower turnaround time directly translating to lower profits. The owner wants the best, most efficient transport that his driver likes and his driver decides. Who is that driver? He is the one whose reality you have not even tried to understand. You are looking at me like I was crazy when I asked you if you had a truck heavy license. Now what do you say? Now sadly, this inability to see with their eyes is widespread and it is the real reason behind bad design and bad service. Try an experiment. Try this experiment. Walk down a street that you usually walk down. Notice how it looks and try to remember the details. When you get to the end of the street or if it's a long street then when you walked a few hundred meters, turn around and look up the street that you just walked down. How does it look? Does it look like it had been a few minutes ago when you walked down that street? Or does it, does it look or does it look very different? Now this is a good way to understand how perspective is a factor of position. What you see depends on where you look at it from. The same principle holds in life. One of my friends, a senior police officer, was talking to me about human trafficking, which is a very big issue in India. She talked about how her subordinate officers seemed to have become calloused about it. She asked me for ideas about how she could, she could get them inspired to solve human trafficking cases and bring the perpetrators of urban slavery to book. I told her, ask them to give the victim a name, the name of their daughter. As simple as that. Now, simple as it sounds, it worked. Things changed complexion when they put themselves in the shoes of the other. When we put ourselves in the shoes of the other, the other is no longer a stranger to be ignored at best or at worst to be maligned and hated. We see the other and in him we see ourselves. This is the origin of the golden rule. Do unto others what you would have them do unto you. Or as someone else put it, don't do to others what you wouldn't want them to do to you. Or as yet someone else put it, People may forget what you did, but they will never forget how you made them feel. Now before I end, let me assure you that this is not about business or winning customers. The biggest lesson I learned in this context was one week after I got married. I married when I was 30 and had been living alone since I was 18. 
So I got married at a time when I was very used to living on my own. We got married in Hyderabad and left the next day for the Anamalays in South India for the, in the tea gardens where I, was, where I was assistant manager. We arrived in Madras at my aunt's place. Jahara auntie and Muhammad uncle were absolute gems whose hospitality was legendary and recalled to this day by everyone who was fortunate enough to enjoy it. Two days later, we boarded the train for Coimbatore, from where we drove up the Aliyar Ghat of 40 happenments. Samina, my wife, was violently sick all the way up the Ghat. Being prone to motion sickness anyway, the Ghat road was not doing her any good at all. I was very concerned because this Ghat road was a given. If we lived in the Anavalis, and with Samina being so sick on it, it didn't seem to portend well for us. The prospect of a repeat performance every time we travelled was definitely not something to look forward to. But as it happened after a couple of trips, Samina got over her motion sickness altogether. Maybe the Ghat road shocked it out of her system. It was a tradition that estate workers welcomed the assistant manager when he returned with his wife. But it was not something that happened any always. The workers decided who they wanted to welcome and who they didn't. In our case, as our car rounded the bend of the Sholia Dam and we came towards what was called Black Bridge, we were stopped and requested to alight. Samina and I came out of the car, glad for the chance to stretch our legs. The road was lined with girls who sang a welcome song and showered us with flower petals as we walked through this guard of honor. We were taken to a pavilion which I realized had been made by tying the best saris of the women to poles and decorated with lots of flowers. Tea garden workers can be the most loving people in the world. And if you were good to them, they appreciated it and reciprocated. I saw many examples of that in my decade-long career in planting. We were garlanded and sat at a table on the two grandest chairs that they could find. Then we were served tea and biscuits and sweets. It was then that a depressed fly decided to end its meaningless life in my wife's teacup. But Samina, being the perfect lady that she is, merely fished out the fly and drank the tea without buying an eye, batting an eyelid. An amazing performance which saved us from a lot of embarrassment. Then speeches were made and the women danced and, a sang, and they sang a song in our honor in which we were mentioned repeatedly in sometimes a humorous way and sometimes with great respect. The amazing thing was that this song was made up then and there and it sang about various habits of mine including singing while I rode my motorcycle. People observe you and they remember and respond to you the way they perceive you. People listen with their eyes. They don't care what you say until they see what you do. I have seen this in my life more times than I can possibly recall. All the more reason to ensure that whatever it was remained good and honorable. At the end of all this song and dance, there were some more speeches by the local union leaders and one supervisor and then I was asked to speak. It was permitted for the manager to speak in English and the speech would be translated. But I had learned Tamil for occasions just like this and I, sp and I spoke it well and much to everyone's delight. When I finished and thanked them for all their trouble and expressed our gratitude for the honor that we had been granted, they gave my wife a gold ring as their gift as a mark of their love and honor for me.
I was floored. These were poor people who had collected money for this, something which was not expected of them at all. What could I say? As I mentioned earlier, as I mentioned earlier, managers and workers in the plantations form bonds that are more like family than anything else. That story was the background for the lesson I mentioned earlier, a lesson in seeing with their eyes. It was about a week later when one day I was saying something to my wife about my car and so on when she stopped me and she said, if you keep talking about everything as my this and my that, how will I ever feel that I share it with you? I was flabbergasted. I didn't realize the effect of my perfectly innocuous speech on my wife. I had lived alone since I was 18, as I mentioned, and was used to thinking of everything as being mine. Sharing didn't come into it as I had nobody to share with. But now I did. I realized that I needed to change my outlook. I needed to see with her eyes. Today, 35 years later, I'm very happy that I learned that lesson. Thank you very much once again for listening. I hope you like this podcast. And if you like it, please tell us about it. Thank you.